Hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get started in the stories, I need to give a disclaimer for story number four for sexual assault. So if you want to avoid stories like that, now you know. And as always, if any of you ever want to send in your own story, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com. I'll have a link to my website in the description and in a pinned comment as well. Or you can email your story at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. Without any more further interruptions, let's go ahead and get started. And remember to always stay hungry. So this happened a long time ago, but I've never forgotten it, as it's one of the strangest encounters me and my family have ever had. One time as a child, I'd went with my family to the grocery store. It was our monthly trip to stock up on groceries, so we were going to be there for a while. I was about 12 at the time, so by that age, I had a good understanding of how to read people. We started in the produce aisle, and suddenly a strange man caught my eye. He was standing awkwardly close to us, sort of fake browsing the vegetables. His body language just seemed off. He was standing with his back to us, but there was something strange about the way he was positioned. As we slowly moved down the aisle, he would slowly rotate so his back was always facing us. As we got a little closer, I could tell he was wearing those see-behind glasses. Those gimmick sunglasses that have hidden mirrors on the inside of the lenses so you can see behind yourself. He had a dirty gray zip-up jacket on and long, dark, messy hair. He had to be in his 40s. Our shopping went on, and wherever we went, I would see him standing there staring at me from across the store. He would keep his distance from us, but he was always within eyesight no matter where we were in the store. About 30 minutes in, my mom still hadn't noticed it, but he was starting to really creep me out. My mom didn't believe me at first. Eventually, we got to the refrigerator aisles, and this is when it got weird. Whatever aisle we were in, he would quickly pace past us occasionally. At this point, he wasn't even trying to look like he was shopping. My mom and sis were starting to notice this, and also seemed concerned. At this point, we were grabbing something off one of the shelves, and I could see him just standing on the opposite aisle, peeking through the shelves at us. His sunglasses were still on, but now his hood was fully up. We started to walk faster and do some random zigzags around the store just to see if he really was following us and to try and lose him, but he would always keep up, all in a sneaky way at that. He would always be at the opposite end of the aisle, but he kept up with us the whole time. By this point, my mom was concerned, so we pushed the card up to the customer service area to talk to a manager about it. By this time, we had lost him. We informed the manager, and she was honestly very helpful. She actually went to go find the guy and go talk to him. We waited at the counter until she paced back to us with a confused look on her face. She walked up to my mother and then told us, He said that you're his mom. By this point, my mom and sister were very concerned. The manager rang us up and said we should leave and that they'll escort out the strange man. We walked down to the car, staying very close to our mother, 
when we were then met with a horrible sight. It was the man, just standing across the parking lot across from our car, with his head slightly tilted, and a big sick grin on his face. We floated out of there, but we could still just see him standing there, watching us leave. Whoever that guy was in the creepy sunglasses. Yeah, I never want to see him again. I was around 11 at the time, and I was at my sister's ringette game. It's an ice sport for those who don't know, and she was 14 at the time. My mom had also driven my sister's friend Tara and her dad Daniel to the game. When the game had finished, it was dark out, and we were all walking back to our car. This was an ice rink, so the parking lot was big, and we were parked far away. So that you can understand it better, we were walking in groups. My mom walking beside Daniel, my sister right behind them walking beside Tara, and then me walking right behind them alone. There was this middle-aged man that I had briefly seen when we were entering walking around. I wasn't startled since I thought he was just another parent from the other team. He was right behind me, and I was going a little slow, so I had moved off to the side for him to pass. He then started walking very slow in front of me, so I passed him to catch up with my mom. He then did this a few more times, and that's when I thought that it was really weird. My sister had also noticed this, but she hadn't seen the whole thing, so she was just keeping an eye out. The man followed us, continuing to slow walk in front of me all the way to our car. There were no cars around us, so him going to his own car was now ruled out. I got in the car, and my mom and Daniel did too. My sister and Tara were putting their bags in the trunk. Picture a big hockey bag. The man had started talking to them, and my mom noticed this. So she slammed open her door and ran to the back of the car, Daniel not too far behind. The man wandered off after she saw this, and my mom then asked what he had said. Tara said that he was just standing next to the trunk, not even saying anything. So Tara, like the extroverted person she is, asked if he needed something. She said the man just grumbled to himself, and she couldn't even make out what he had said. That's pretty much it. Nothing else happened, but this was still a pretty creepy story for us young girls, as we had no idea why the man was following us or what his intentions were. I assume he was just on drugs and out of it. And if you're wondering, no, he didn't actually appear homeless. So yeah, we have no idea what his actual intentions were. It was a July evening. My friends Tony and Susan and I had went outside for a smoke. Now, we don't smoke that often, but we had had a bad day today, and we just wanted to. Now, as we walked outside, we had noticed a car that was parked outside. We kept a close eye on the car while we had lit up our three cigarettes. Susan was right in the middle of lightning hers when she saw the door to the car then swing open. We then froze as we then saw a man dressed in a brown coat, wearing a top hat with a black tie that had white dots on it. He was dressed very similar to H.H. Holmes back in the day. Anyhow, he walked right up to us. 
We were frozen in fear as the man smiled and then said in a sinister way, I won't hurt you. Well, unless you make me. We all three gulped and we all ran to my house. We slammed the door shut as soon as we got inside and locked it. Suddenly we then heard three loud knocks in the door. I know you're in there guys. There's no reason to hide. Suddenly we heard silence and what sounded like the loading of a gun. We were frozen as the man started to laugh from the outside. We heard the laughter go on for what seemed like hours, but in reality was only minutes. Tony then dialed 911. Luckily the police weren't very far away, as very soon after, we saw the blue and red lights and sirens then approaching. We all then jumped, as the sound of a gun blast could then be heard, with one of the windows then shattering. We heard the police rush the guy, and he was arrested. When my parents came home, they saw that we were really scared. They told us they were sorry that they weren't there when it happened, and that they heard the news from one of our local sheriffs. Now, my father is a known judge in the area, and he's put away a lot of scum behind bars. Well, this so happened to be one of the men he had actually put away. The man was so far gone that the first thing he did after getting released from jail was to borrow a shotgun from his friend and then come to our house. Despite being drunk, the man had the intention to kill us. In fact, him being drunk may be the only thing that actually saved us that night. The man is now luckily back in jail where he'll spend the next 10 to 20 years behind bars. I honestly think he needs to be there for life after what he did, but I don't control the justice system, so I guess I'll take it. I'm now a 45-year-old husband and a father of two sons, ages 13 and 6. I've lived in Brooklyn, New York my whole life, pretty much in the same neighborhood, actually. This started when I was 10 years old, and I've never uttered a single word of this to anyone. Listening to your channel has made me want others to see if they're ever in the same situation how not to handle things. So it was a different time back then. No internet, no cell phones, yet us kids had more freedom than kids these days, and for good reason, I believe. So one day, a man came around my block. His name was Chris, and he was actually a pretty decent guy, and he was looking for people to deliver the newspaper locally. So being a 10-year-old whose family struggled for every dollar thanks to a father's serious gambling addiction, I thought this could be a great way to finally afford things that the other kids had and kind of made fun of me about. Well, a few weeks in, it was a warm morning. I started out at 6 a.m. every day. I noticed a clean-cut Hispanic-looking man had tried talking to me every morning, and he must have been in his mid-30s, but I never thought it to be rude or that this was creepy, except that he kind of had a cleft lip that every time he smiled, a gold tooth always stood out. About a week of this, he had decided to get right up next to me as I was walking. After a few days of that, he had started putting his arm around my shoulder as we walked. Then finally, the worst part is pretty much every day, he'd hold himself against me so tight that he was purposely making his boner push up against me through his pants. Stupid me never put it together, and this went on for almost a year. 
I never told anyone because I was afraid I'd have to quit my job, and having a few bucks in my pocket was a great feeling. Thank God he never tried anything further, but every morning I really dreaded waking up. After a year, he had disappeared, and I was honestly so happy, and I thought that this was finally over. So jump ahead, I had just turned 16, and I got my first real job at a local Carvel. Now, I never had and never will have any issues with someone's sexuality. So when a coworker jokingly said, Hey, one of our regulars think you're cute, I didn't really think anything of it. And assuming it was a girl, I was really excited. Until the person showed up, and it was an older kind of homely looking man. I didn't really find it funny, but whatever. It is what it is. After about 11pm closing, I leave to go home, and there he is. He tries talking to me, and I'm just walking home, but what do I notice? A slight cleft lip with a gold tooth sticking out. I literally froze still for a moment, totally in shock. Now, when I was 10, I was a short, skinny boy. At 16, however, I was 5 foot 10 now, played high school baseball, and I was pretty muscular strong, and a lot more confident now. So when this guy freezed walked over to me, and attempted to put his arm around me, it was horrible deja vu. Right at that moment, I pushed him away, and he got an angry look, as he then started approaching me with aggression. Knowing in my heart that I'd never allow anyone to do something like that to me again, for the first time in my life, I punched someone in the face. I even shocked myself as he fell flat to the ground. Being scared to death, I ran home, and I never showed up at that Carvel again. Now being a father, I'd never condone violence, but I also teach my sons that you have to be able to protect yourself, and protect what you feel is right, and also help those who truly need help as long as it's doable. I really think this was a big part in molding my future, because later on I became a medic with the FDNY, always trying to help people. Unfortunately, 9-11 gave me a lung disease, and even though I'm living on possibly borrowed time, I'll live forever and teach my sons to always try and be the best versions of yourself. I really appreciate this outlet of letting me finally get this off my chest after 35 years. So thank you, Southern Cannibal. And please be safe out there, everyone. For reference, I'm a 5'4", 18-year-old girl. I've been living in the same area my entire life, and nothing too crazy's happened to me while living there. One afternoon, I decided to go get a monster energy drink from my local 7-Eleven that's about a block away from my house. On my way to the store... I passed the usual business strip consisting of like five stores. When I passed, I had noticed a man by his car in my peripheral vision that was by the sidewalk. It was on the main road, by the way. It was a sunny day, which had put me in a good mood, and once I got my energy drink, I was in an even better mood. I was walking past that same car again, and thought nothing of it. The guy wasn't there, so I felt better. When I was about halfway down the street to my townhouse, I had heard the sounds of shoes hitting the pavement in a hurried fashion, so I turned to see a tall man gaining on me. 
At first, I thought maybe I'd drop something on the way, and he was just going to return it to me. Or perhaps he had to be somewhere and run past me. So as any considerate person, I moved to the side of the sidewalk to give him some room to run past. But he ran about two to three feet in front of me, a little to the side, and then slowed down, then making eye contact with me, and then smiling very creepily. He then said to me, Habibi, which meant my love or my dear in Arabic. I already knew the general term from past experiences, and that made my heart drop. He kept pace with me, but stayed a little ahead of me. The man was about six foot one, and he held his car keys on a blue lanyard, which was really strange. My heart began to beat out of my chest, and he began to ask general questions like, How are you? Are you getting groceries? What are you up to? Since I had came from the store. But one question had really made me cautious and very weirded out. Are you coming from school? He asked me with a strange smile. It was literally late July, and school was out for a good month for almost everyone, and I also graduated that year. So I just answered back with, Um, no. With a slime glare at him, assuming he should know that summer was here for most school kids. Whenever I answered him reluctantly, he would always immediately go, Huh? Spit it out! Slightly being pushy. It freaked me out, and it mildly annoyed me as well. I just wanted to get home, which was approaching at the very end of the block, so I was really worried on what I should do. Keep walking past my home to avoid him, knowing where I live, and then risk getting possibly kidnapped or hurt or even harassed, or just hurry inside and just hope he doesn't follow me. I had so many thoughts running through my head, and my anxiety was going through the roof. How's your summer going? He asked, and I tried to answer him, but he once again replied with a huh in return. Strange as fuck. As we reached the front of my house, I slowed down a bit so he could continue walking ahead to give me time to get to my door just in case. I turned into my walkway and hurried up to my front door. Keys already in hand, but my energy drink was open, so it rendered me from making any fast movements. When he realized I wasn't walking down the sidewalk with him, he turned and spun around to look at me from the main street, then yell, Hello! Trying to get my attention. He literally followed me down almost an entire block just past the business strip of four stores, which was a huge red flag. When I turned to give him a glare, he then asked me if it was my house. I didn't answer him, and I finally opened my front door, since I usually needed two hands to open it by pulling the door in slightly, and then also unlocking it because it's just really fidgety like that, making me take my time and struggle with one free hand. Luckily, it was easier that time to open it, so I got in quickly and then slammed the door to really show I was pissed at him. I then quickly locked it, and I was very relieved when he gave up and then walked back the way he came from. I leaned against my front door, letting out a heavy sigh. I was shaking uncontrollably. I then went to the living room to close the curtains as much as I could, while also being able to see to make sure he was gone, which he was. I wanted to call my boyfriend, but out of instinct, I had called my dad, and he answered. 
I explained the whole ordeal to my dad, and he praised me for barely talking to the man while hurrying back home. After he calmed me down, I went up to my room and was paranoid for the rest of the day until my dad finally got back home. My heart rate accelerated every time I heard a noise outside because I really thought that man would come back since he now knew where I lived. Thankfully, though, he didn't, and he hasn't been back since. I also want to mention that on that day, I was wearing shorts and an oversized black long-sleeve sweater for my boyfriend and flip-flops. I was really afraid people would be drawn to my thighs, and I guess maybe that was partially why that man was following me. I talked to my father-in-law about it, and he said that that man might have been scoping me out to kidnap me and I honestly think he might be right. For fellow women out there, please stay vigilant everywhere you are, even if it's a place you've lived by for a very long time. It just goes to show anything can happen at any time and anywhere. This took place in October of 2019 at a big weekend gathering for me because this lady from Lebanon became my permanent 24-7 nurse and caregiver, and they considered me family, so they wanted to throw a welcome to the family gathering. She became my nurse since my chronic illness, and my terminal illness was starting to progress since I became an adult. The thing to know about a Lebanese-style gathering is that there's always lots of people, and it's always a party. The gathering was hosted at her sister's house since she has a really big house. So it was my nurse and my service therapy dog, Mandy, and we all went to the big gathering. I want to give you an idea about how Mandy is and what she looks like. She's a very big German Shepherd, and she has to be big because I'm a fall risk. She's very intimidating and protective, but for the most part, she's very, very sweet. She's really good with people, that is, if they don't seem threatening, and she's also really good with kids. We always call her Mama Mandy because of how gentle and protective she is with me and how she helps out so much. When we pulled up to my nurse's sister's house, we saw a lot of cars in the driveway and my caregiver told me that they're all here to welcome me into the family. When I walked into the house, I noticed that it was filled with a lot of people. Mandy was a little protective at first, but when she got the idea I was safe, she mellowed out a little bit. The party was great, lots of fun, and a lot of gifts. There was one person at the party that seemed a little out of place. I tried to go talk to them and introduce myself, but whenever I would try to get close, Mandy would stop moving, and so it's kind of difficult when your walking support doesn't want to work with you, so I just kind of gave up. During the party, I had a small glass of wine, and that was it because alcohol will hit me rather quick. I think that Mandy could tell I was a little bit of wine drunk, because she would nudge my leg with her nose every time I would try to get up and walk. Anyways, we were all getting pretty tired, so my nurse and her sister helped me get to where I need to be sleeping for the night. My nurse was starting my IV fluids and feedings, and helping me get my oxygen machine on and started. And of course, Mandy being the big love bug she is, had to lay right on top of my legs. My nurse hooked me up to a wireless oxygen monitor, so that way she can take the monitor in the other room and make sure I'm still breathing good. 
and that way she knows if my oxygen accidentally got disconnected or something. I woke up in the middle of the night due to it being really hard for me to breathe. Then I thought that's weird because I shouldn't be having this much difficulty breathing since, you know, I have an oxygen machine now. Then I felt Mandy nudging me with her nose and I turned over and I saw the same guy standing right next to my oxygen machine. The guy from earlier that I wasn't able to talk to. I had no idea that I was trying to talk to a complete nutcase because he disconnected and was holding the oxygen tube from the machine, which set Mandy off. Before the guy could draw my oxygen tube and run off as the machine was beeping loudly, Mandy jumped off the bed and got a hold of the guy. She got a hold of the guy pretty damn good, and she bent down pretty hard because he was screaming in extreme pain while also bleeding pretty badly. Since the monitor started beeping really loudly in the other room, my nurse and her sister came in immediately, wondering what was going on, and they saw the guy on the floor, with Mandy not letting go. They saw that he was holding on to my oxygen tube, and my nurse took it away from him, then reconnected it back to the machine. She made sure that I was breathing good, while her sister then called the police. My nurse made sure my IV machine and feeding machine didn't get messed with as well. I finally told Mandy to come because one of their cousins came in and stood right by the guy just to make sure he didn't try to take off. Once the police finally came, they took my statement and took the guy away. After that happened, I was so scared that night, but my nurse stayed right by my side just to keep me calm, also making sure that my oxygen machine was working well and that I was breathing good during the whole night. Mandy could sense that I was scared and in distress, so instead of laying on my feet, she went into dog therapy mode, laying right next to me, kind of like a big stuffed animal, and she laid her head on my arm, letting me know that Mama Mandy was there and that everything's okay now. From now on, whenever we go to these family gatherings, whoever's hosting them always makes sure that they only allow people they actually know to come in. Ever since that night, my nurse and I have always let Mandy lay right next to my oxygen machine. That night shook me up pretty good, and now when she's laying by my oxygen machine, Mandy's constantly staring at the door whenever we go to the family gatherings. She doesn't act protective around my machine when it's someone that she knows, like my nurse. I'm extremely glad Mandy was there. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't even be here telling you this experience. So yeah... Thank God for my nurse, and thank God for Mandy. I'm a female from New Zealand, and I'm about 5'1 in height, and I weigh about 50 kilograms, which is around 110 pounds for American people. When I was 19 years old, I had worked at a supermarket to get money while studying in college. I was on my lunchtime break, and we have a sitting area out the front of the supermarket that overlooks the car park. I was sitting there eating my lunch along with about three other employees and just looking around at my surroundings. A car had pulled up and parked in front of us on the opposite side of the car park. A man and a woman stepped out of the car. The man looked angry, and as I was looking around, I noticed them, and I looked their way. I was in no way staring for a long amount of time, but as I looked, the man and I made direct eye contact. 
His eyes just turned to absolute hate, and he then began yelling at me from across the car park. Hey, what the fuck are you staring at, bitch? And other very disgusting words. I froze, and I felt my body go stiff and hot. My work colleagues around me were also confused and just telling me to ignore him. He continued yelling, and he now started making his way right over towards me. One of my coworkers then told me to go inside and find the manager. I then walked quickly inside, with the man still walking over towards where I was sitting. Those still outside began to tell him to leave, and he continued swearing and yelling, but didn't stop to speak with them, and instead followed me inside. I went straight up to the service desk, and once inside, found a manager. By this time, I now had tears running down my face, and I was uncontrollably shaking from how scared I was. I could hear the man yelling from outside as he entered the store, and was now telling me that he was going to kill me and that I shouldn't be so nosy and stare at people. All I had done was simply looked at him at the wrong time, and now the man was threatening me. Was this guy nuts or what? Some of the men from my work were trying to calm the man down and escort him out, but he just continued being aggressive and using very disgusting language. The police then showed up, as someone must have phoned for them. Still yelling and not listening, the man was then escorted out by the police, but not without a fight. He was almost dragged, and when he finally got outside, he tried to run away, but he was then tased for resisting arrest. Once the man was taken, I was still very uneasy for a few hours. I was sent home, as I didn't think I'd be able to continue my shift. I later found out that apparently this man was very high on crystal meth. The person who called the police was also a lady in the building next door who witnessed the whole thing. I continued working there for another two years, and I witnessed a few more scary encounters, but this was by far the most scary. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember to always stay